What's up, Internet? You're tuned into episode five of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixel Park. Hey, guys. On this week's show, we're going to talk more about Mel Metal, Trine 4 coming to Nintendo Switch, Sega Dreamcast ports, and the possibility of the Smash Bros. roster being leaked. So, uh, what's everybody been playing this week? I've just been playing, well, finishing off Wonder Song for my review, which is up on loopbox.com. Um, so go check it out. It was a great game. Really enjoyed it. Highly recommended. So everyone should go play it. Everyone. Well, everyone. If you if you like that kind of game, go play it. It's got it's, it's a difficult it was a difficult review to write. If you've got a pulse and a heartbeat, you better play Wander Song. Like, <laughs> the entire time I, I've been writing it, I've just I've just like I I don't want to spoil it. It's like Undertale that mm-hmm. I just I want people to just go in and, and play it and because you go in expecting one thing and then it turns into something else and it's just like I think that's part of it. Like Undertale. I don't know yeah. what I expected, just some crappy little eight bit thing and it turned into something completely different. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a problem with writing reviews, isn't it? When you get for a game and the best bits are all spoilers, you're like, How do I describe this without ruining it? Yeah, pretty much. I'm yeah. just like Oh, I want to talk about that. Oh, but that's going to be a total spoiler about this section. So it's just like, no, I can't say anything. So I, you just have to trust that it's a decent game and you should go play it. There you go. Put your faith in Steve. Everyone should put their faith in me. <laughs> when have I ever led anyone astray? <laughs> well, in Steve, we trust. You did You did call Ocarina of Time brown last week. I stand so. right. <laughs> go Google Ocarina of Time. Everything, every <laughs> screenshot. Every screenshot. Yeah, Google it. The top Every is, is brown. Uh, I, again, I'd like to remind the listeners that the most iconic part of that game map is a giant green field. Is a it's big brown. empty it's green. Not very field. green though, is it? It's it's a brownie field. <laughs> You're killing me. Right, I, I'm googling this right now. <laughs> images. No, I'm I'm gonna paste one in the chat so you can see. Look. Okay, so the first image is of the N64 cover art. The second image. Is of the main of a green field, yeah. <laughs> Third image, meh. This, what are you on about? It's pretty brown, isn't it? <laughs> that you got you got through three pictures before you realized it was brown. Oh, so you mean you no, mean no. the part of the map you selectively sent us where you're on a dirt road and the dirt road is brown next to a patch of green grass <laughs> and a green That's tree? That's literally all I remember of the game. But I don't think I got very far into it, and the whole start of it just seemed brown everywhere. <laughs> the start of it is brown in a forest! Trees, brown Steve. paths, it is brown also sky. green. <laughs> Inside the tree, it was really brown. Oh my god! Inside oh my god! The you're tree. in a tree. <laughs> no wonder. No wonder you think the game was brown. You only played the first what twenty minutes. So I tried to play it eight times. I never got past the Deku tree. <laughs> Move on before I'm hated anymore. <laughs> what have you been playing? Yeah. So, so this week Steve's been playing Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Pixel? Uh, Guacamole. That's what I've been playing this week. I've really enjoyed it, actually. And you, you said this is the first time you're jumping into it, right? Yes, first time I've ever played it. It was out on Wii U, I think, but I never yeah. got around to touching it then. It's been on pretty much everything. I think I At picked this it point. up was one of like the PlayStation Plus games on the Vita ages mm-hmm. ago, and mm-hmm. played about five minutes of it. I I don't know that Metroidvania is my kind of thing. Yeah, I just never got around to checking it off the list, but I I love the art style. Uh, I think Drinkbox is the name of the developer, and I yeah their art direction studios. is incredible. Uh, I played the game that they put out after Guacamelee. It was like, um, it was a Vita exclusive originally, and it's like a dungeon crawler where you like swipe. I can't remember what it's called, but 
I'll look that up. But Pixel, what are you thinking about the game so far? Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, the first few minutes, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to enjoy it. But then as you progress through and you get more moves and there's more things you can do, it gets more complicated. And yeah, that's that's really what sold me on it. Probably about after an hour or two of playing. That's pretty much how I felt with Hollow Knight at the beginning. It was just like, oh, this is just really hard. You just got to jump on things. And then you like start unlocking the skills and you can go buy things with the like silver that you the enemies drop and stuff. And then it starts to open up into quite an interesting game. You might like Guacamelee, then. It's very similar to that, where Lee, I found the beginning slightly boring and tedious. And then, as I got a couple of hours in, it turned into a really, really good game. I'm have to check it out. Yeah, uh, Severed was the name of the game I was thinking of. Oh, Severed, yeah. yeah. That was... I saw the trailer for that. It was good. It was by the same people. Yeah, that was their follow-up to Guacamelee. Uh, it came out in like, 2016. I, I got it when it was on Vita. And uh, it's a fun little game. It's a really cool little dungeon crawler. But yeah, they're... Oh, well... I wonder if that will come to the Switch, because Guacamelee 2 is coming in uh, December. I wouldn't think it's impossible. They ported it to 3DS a while ago. So, I mean, it's as long as there's a touch interface on the console at hand, you can definitely make that game work. Does it, does it require touch? Yeah, it's oh. uh, the primary mechanic is, like like I said, it's a dungeon crawler. And then when you encounter enemies, you have to like swipe your finger to like slash them in the right areas and stuff, you know? I mean that um, might be that might be a problem, but I mean they could probably get around it like they did with Captain Toad and have the like have a dot in the screen or something maybe. Yeah, it, <laughs> I love we're talking about this hypothetically. It is out on Switch. Oh, oh it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we know. They could definitely make it work. <laughs> and does it is it does it work docked? Do you know? Um, I don't That's know. Does it say like it supports so, yeah. the Pro Controller? Because then it, then it definitely does. I'm on the American site and they don't put the details on. Bloody American. Hold on. I love I, I love how you're like, oh, research. I'm on the American site and they don't put details. Like, well, like the UK version. Oh, well, here you go. It's exactly what I needed. Pro <laughs> controller support. <laughs> the, UK, the UK version has all the details of the game. Does it? Like how many people it supports, what controllers it supports, file size. <laughs> the US one is just like, yeah, this is a game by it. <laughs> And then there's links to other places you can buy. It's really strange. Like everything, like you can't just buy from Nintendo in America. By the looks of it, every time I've gone there, it's like go buy and buy at Walmart, go buy at Amazon. God bless capitalism. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if you can play it in docked mode. Then it says features, handheld mode, tabletop mode, save data cloud. I don't think it can. Then yeah. I'd be interested to. I'd be interested to see. Might, might have to buy it and see because if that's the case that'd be the second game that only is handheld because there was that rhythm game that came out of launch that was only handheld i think there's a few other indies that are like that as well i know that there definitely are games that are handheld only so it's not that's not super surprising that makes me think it's got to be the touch controls though yeah it just says experience a unique touch adventure that's a cut above in severed awesome well yeah i I know we were talking about Guacamelee, but I would also highly recommend Severed. So <laughs> go support Drinkbox because they are great. Uh, so if you guys want to let us know what you're playing this week, remember you can hit us up at Potscast at Lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at Lupots.com. Or you can follow at Lupots on Twitter and, uh, you know, tweet at us what you're thinking about this week's episode or what you've been playing this week. Or as always, you can visit us at Lupots.com and uh, make sure you check out all of our awesome news, reviews, and rumors. All right, so we've got a, a pretty 
pretty packed news list this week, actually. It's funny because after the drought that was last week, we were coming into this week being like, oh, geez, what are we going to talk about? And then the Nintendo gods delivered. So uh, kicking things off, we got the reveal of Meltan, the new Pokemon Go uh, slash Let's Go, I guess, exclusive Pokemon's evolution, Melmetal. So this is interesting for a few reasons. Uh, I think the major headline being this is the first legendary Pokemon to ever have uh, proper evolution like this. Um, we have had, obviously, kind of mixed up evolutionary lines with, like, Manaphy and Fion and everything. Like, it's not unheard of, but this is the first time where you've ever had a legendary Pokemon that just traditionally evolves into something else. So that's pretty interesting. Um, what did you guys think of his design? I, I quite like it. He looks like a, a giant metal robot guy with nuts everywhere so i i like him i think he's cool he kind of looks like a transformer <laughs> it's a lot better than the meltan design which is super basic um silver ditto yeah d- ditto with a nut on its head <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very very nut heavy i think they kind of went over the top cramming nuts into the mel metal design as 11 <laughs> <laughs> It looks all right. I, I, I'm interested to see how he looks like when he's walking around and moving, and if that metal looks like liquid. I, I, I'd, I'd like to see it in the game. I definitely get the impression that it's like liquidy. Yeah, know? it looks like it looks like mercury. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I think the funny thing for me was um, in in Pix- or, or no, I guess it was uh, Terrence did this article. Yeah, it was in Terrence's article up on the site. Uh, he points out it's said to have been worshipped in ancient times. It's like, oh, so you tell me that nuts go that far back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just in terms of giving a little bit more information about him, uh, Melmetal is a pure steel-type Pokemon. The only way to evolve him is going to be to get 400 Meltan candy in Pokemon Go. Uh, so if you're interested in get to, getting this guy, it'd probably be a good idea for you to pick back up Pokemon Go right now. Um, <laughs> but... I. This is so confusing because that means if you want to get both of them in your game, you need to transfer over a Meltan and a Melmetal, which is just weird. And is like, that right? I thought it was you transferred over loads of Meltans. It looked like in the video, anyway. Well, it says it says here. I, order, I have no idea. To in order to evolve the Hexnut Pokemon, you'll need 400 Meltan candy in Pokemon Go. And I saw that on on Twitter as well. Can you get Can you get the Do we know if we can You can get the candy in Let's Go, or is it just in Go that you get the candy? You know that is. You have to evolve Meltan in Pokemon Go, yeah. and then you can transfer Melmetal into Pokemon I Let's just, Go. I I don't know about you, but I just can't bring myself to get back into Pokemon Go again. I tried so hard. I, I like I did everything. You know, I got my battery pack ready because the game just still eats through my phone's battery whenever I use it. I went down to the park. And I tried. I pick, I even found like loads of new Pokemon because I haven't played it since any of the new generations came in, and I just, I just wasn't into it anymore. But did, did you put the Pokemon theme tune on full blast with headphones? <laughs> no, no, I didn't have headphones on. It was coming out the speaker, and everyone was running away from me like I was some kind of nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids in the playground. Ah. <laughs> run, run! <laughs> yeah, I saw. Um... A whole crowd of people the other day playing Pokemon Go while I was out getting dinner uh, for me and my girlfriend. And, um, you know, it was like right after the Gen 3 or Gen 4 
Gen 4. It is Gen 4. Um, <clears throat> patch dropped, so everybody was, like, out trying to get their new Pokemon. And I was just like, oh, maybe I'll read. No. No, I won't. Let's be real. I don't have time for this crap. And as much as I want <laughs> Meltan or Melmetal, it's like, eh, whatever. The thing that the thing that put me off was like I launched the game and I forgot that I had no Pokeballs left or I had like three left. I used them and I was like, "Well, how how do I get any more? Oh wait, I need to either go round to all these Pokestops that are miles away from each other because I live in the middle of nowhere and collect them and hope that they drop any anything decent or pay coins." And I was just like, "I just no, I'm not doing it." You can get your friend the friends feature. You can send gifts and they always contain Pokeballs. Really. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, so you know what? I think what I'm hearing here, Steve, is we got to get back on this, and we got to make Max send us free stuff. I need to. I just basically <laughs> need to make friends. I obviously I'm just a, <laughs> a, such a loser. I never, <laughs> never heard about this feature. Uh, and then just the last little tidbit here is, um, like many legendary Pokemon, Melmetals also has a uh, signature move, which is called Double Iron Bash, which sounds awesome. It's a physical steel move. It hits the opponent twice and has a chance to make them flinch, which is brutal. That's a really good move. So it's going to be interesting to see what... Because, like, I don't know, I've expressed on this show before, like, I have my reservations about Pokemon Let's Go. I'm definitely a, a fan of, like, the hardcore, you know, competitive battle scene in Pokemon. And I'm really interested to see where Meltan and Melmetal are going to fit into that once we're in the next era of Pokemon and what, like... Are, are these guys hard to get? Like, do you have to trade them over from Let's Go? Are they going to make there be another way to get them? Like, will they even be competitively viable? It's going to be interesting to see. My reservations with Pokemon Go were more, Pokemon Let's Go were more, uh, what, are we, what are you going to do? Like, you don't have to battle in order to get the Pokemon. How the hell are you going to level them up? Where's that kind of mechanic gone? And it seems like with the news that that came out last week, they've alleviated a lot of those concerns for me in that once you become the Pokemon League master, you can go around and become the master of every single Pokemon in the game. Uh, which I presume also means Melmetal and Meltan, but I, I don't know if that's been confirmed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it has been either, so I think we'll have to wait and see on that one, but I would imagine so. But the thing, the thing I find so interesting about just the competitive aspect is that, you know... Uh, for those of you who are, like, casual Pokemon fans, if, if you're not aware of, like, some of the deeper mechanics in the game, like, uh, effort values and, um, I forget what the I stands for, but EVs and IVs is the shorthand for them, uh, which are basically inherent number values that every Pokemon has that, uh, dictate its stats and, like, what its overall potential is competitively. With these Meltan, there's no way of knowing in Pokemon Go, to my knowledge, so it's going to be really interesting to see, like, if I put in all this work to get my one Meltan or my one Melmetal and then he sucks, does that mean I have to just keep playing Pokemon Go and rolling the dice to get a good one? Or, like, what's the transfer going to be like with these Pokemon? Like, are they going to have EVs and IVs from Pokemon Go? Or do they get them when they get transferred? Like, there's so many questions that are unanswered with that right now. And I'm kind of just waiting for the game to come out and for Cerebi to do a nice in-depth post on like, so here's how it works. Because <laughs> as of right now, <laughs> it could be anything. Oh, I mean, is it what now? Three, four weeks until it comes out? So we haven't got long to wait to find all these things out. I am I mean, I wonder if there's going to be a direct beforehand to answer all of these kind of 
unanswered questions of what happens when this happens, what happens when this is. Is there another Pokemon yet to be announced? I know they said previously, I think it was there was going to be two exclusive ones and whether the whether Meltan and Melmetal are the, those two or whether there's going to be another one, I don't know. I think those two are the two exclusives. Yeah, I agree. Because um, they kind of they spaced out the evolution really, really far away from the Meltan reveal and they did a big build up to it with all the promotional videos. So it, it kind of makes sense. And I think in the original statement, they said that there would be a Pokemon that was new. So I wonder if they changed that language to say two later on when they had already re- revealed Meltan. But that's... Oh, Steve. Steve just, or Steve's just making uh, it up. That's also <laughs> possible. That's probably what it is. I'm yeah. just chatting absolute shit. So. I'm, I'm trying to give my man the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, but we all know what he said about Ocarina of Time, so... Am I ever going to live that down? Is that, is that going to be like the... the um? If I'm ever wrong, it's just going to be like, well, you know, he did say Ocarina of Time was terrible, so... I mean, at least, at least for a solid, like, maybe ten more episodes, I would say. Oh, crap. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving right along, we've got uh, the announcement of Trine 4 coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, and I I just, I don't know anything about Trine. Or is it Trine, like I said? It's, it's trying. It's, it's, it's Steve, it's I don't I don't even if you put a gun to my head and asked me what kind of game Trine is, I couldn't tell you. But I know it's not Trine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Trine's a really brown game. Steve right <laughs> no, Trine's really good. It's um I played three and it's you can play it with multiple people. Um, you basically go for it. it's a platform with puzzle elements. One of you plays as a wizard, another as a, a hunter kind of character, I guess, mm. and another as a um, a soldier or a knight. Okay. And each person has different abilities, and you have to work together to get past certain puzzles. So the magician he can lift up boxes oh. with his magical fingers. The um, the knight he's got a shield and can block things, or he can glide using his shield. Don't ask me how that works. It's a thing. <laughs> and the, and the hunter person, they can like swing from ceilings and they have a bow and arrow to attack. So you kind of you can play one player and switch between the characters to solve the puzzles, but if you have like two or three friends, you can all go in together, take a different character and try and solve the puzzles together. So what kind of what kind of game is it? Is it platformer? Is it like an RPG? Is it uh like environmental puzzle game? It's it's kind of a mix. It's it's a platformer that it was it was a 2D platformer that then went to kind of a 3D platformer with puzzle elements in it. So you're kind of you're fighting things and you're trying to progress into the next area, which is normally blocked by either a monster or environmental hazards or some kind of puzzle that you have to solve. This sort of sounds a little bit like the shrines in Zelda, with all the different skill uh... sets, and you've got like the. You know, the the different things you've got to do in order to solve the puzzles to move on, on to the next section. Yeah, I suppose it is similar in a way. Um, I think the main hook of it is the fact that it does take three characters to solve nearly all of the puzzles in it. Okay. So you can't just grab one character, use one kind of technique, and progress through the game. You have to either play with people and work together, or constantly switch between different characters. And you can play all on the same machine, I presume, like split-screen kind of thing, couch co-op. Yeah, you can with Trine 3. I think it has online as well. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, but yeah, Trine 4 is coming out, so it's going to be similar to that, I guess. It's called The Nightmare Prince, and I'm personally looking forward to it. And I suggest you guys try out Trine 3. It kind of sounds like uh, Four Swords 
to me with that that like asynchronistic gameplay where like everybody needs to work together to like solve puzzles and stuff. Yeah, I guess I've never played Four Swords. Oh, really? I'm just gonna boost. Well, this sounds like two different games that we need to do some kind of let's play video for now. I I would love to break out a copy of Four Swords Adventure somehow and play together. <laughs> oh, there's on 3DS. We could totally do this. All right, great. <laughs> it's not brown, is it? It's pretty brown. It's very brown. Uh, you know what else is brown is the Atari flashbacks that have been listed up on Walmart <laughs> for Nintendo Switch. Uh, so coming out on November sixth, it's going to be um, you know basically this is a uh, if you're a retro fan, you'll recognize this is the same version that was already ported to uh, PS4 and Xbox, which had kind of a volume one and volume two split. But uh, if it was on, I believe the Steam version had it all in one package, and that seems to be the same uh, version we're getting here on Nintendo Switch. So there's 150 classic Atari games. Um, there is, uh, there's leaderboards added, multiplayer, online play, and stuff like that. So very similar to kind of what we saw, I think, with like the NES stuff on Switch, where it's just kind of all these games in one nice clean package with some added modern bells and whistles. So if you're a fan of, you know, retro uh, games or especially very, very, very old retro games, uh, this this is something worth checking out. Uh, I think a lot of these games have not aged super well, but I, I find it really fun to go back to, you know, our roots and see how far we've come once in a while. So I think at the very least, stuff like this is really fun from an educational standpoint. I, I picked up the PC version of this when it came out, so I don't know that I'll be revisiting it on Switch. But the multiplayer angle does kind of make it a little more attractive because it's way easier to get multiplayer going on the Switch. To be fair, I don't think I'd end up playing it even if I bought it just because we're getting new NES games every month on Switch now. Yeah. And that's always going to drag me away from any other classic games. There's a few Atari games, though, that I really love. Uh, Two in particular, Paperboy and Gauntlet. If both of those are in that that collection, which I think they are, yeah, I think then I'll are. probably pick it up because Gauntlet with uh, four players, if it works either online or four player couch co op, will be will be awesome. We put I had um, like an Atari collection on the PS One, like back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, we played Gauntlet. To, me and my sister played Gauntlet to death. <laughs> we were so good at that game, so I'm, I'll nice. probably pick it up. Yeah, I, I think the game in this collection I've probably, ex- except for like the arcade classics, the game I've spent the most time with is probably Paperboy, and man, I still suck at Paperboy. Paperboy's great. That that game is so unbelievably difficult. Like, it's so challenging. That's because it's like all those games are designed for just to get you to pump the quarters in. Well, and you gotta think too, that game was designed with a joystick in mind, and playing it on a controller just never feels quite right. You know, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, uh, on the subject of classics, apparently Sega Dreamcast titles on Nintendo Switch are uh, right around the corner, potentially. So, yeah, we had an interview in Famitsu recently with uh, Naoki Hori. Thank you, Naoki Hori, who's a representative for Sega, who said that that they're pretty close to making Dreamcast titles successfully work on Nintendo Switch through emulation. So the question is, though, he, he's kind of pointed out that there's kind of two ta- paths they can take now. They can either 
just do you know standard emulation of these titles and give us them as they were, or they can take the tact of uh, of remaking the game since they do still have the source code, unlike Square Enix and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just cannot see that they will make the effort to remake the game. They did you see the thing about the Shemu remaster recently and how they pretty they had started remaking the game and then abandoned that and decided to just emulate it and put it out in sixteen by nine instead. Right. I and just, I, if they're not going to make the effort for that, that they sold as a standalone $60 game, I just, I cannot see that they'd make the effort for some Sega Ages downloads. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think Shenmue is probably one of the like toughest games from the Dreamcast to remaster because it's so deep. Whereas like I think doing like an, a proper HD remaster of like the Sonic Adventure games or something like that wouldn't be that difficult probably. You know, they, they they already kind of remastered those for the GameCube anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, I you know, I, I think... I don't know. I could see them doing that for certain games, but to your point, like, why bother when you could release them and still get 60 bucks? But are people going to pay 60 bucks for ports of things that aren't Shenmue is the question. Mm, I don't know. That seems, I, I, I don't think so, but... It's a tall order. I, I never played Dreamcast. I knew some friends that had them, but I never, I've never touched one. So while you were talking, I just did a quick Google to see what games you know they mm-hmm. possibly could port. And I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a game called Seaman. Yes, <laughs> Seaman is an incredible, strange game where you become friends with a fish that has a man's face, <laughs> and they un- unironically named it Seaman. Steve, Google it. Google Seaman Dreamcast. I'm in the middle of it. I need to see. His, his face, <laughs> his ugly <laughs> fucking face will haunt your nightmares. <laughs> Straight up, though, I would pay tens of dollars for an HD remaster of, of Dreamcast Seaman. <laughs> Being serious, though, there are a fair few games that I would pay for. I would, I would really like to see Crazy Taxi... I'd love Shenmue to come, but I don't think that's happening. And the other one I would really love is Jet Set Radio, which was Jet Grind Radio in America. So, wait, was it? It was at least on the Xbox, yeah. Oh, I don't know that I've ever heard it called Jet Grind Radio. Huh. I always I always heard it called Jet Set. Yeah, Jet Set's the um, uh, European and Japanese name for it. Well, shows how much I know about that game. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a Steam copy of it where it's called Jet Set Radio too. Oh, yeah, you you may well do. Yeah, I think they never bothered to rebrand it. But when it came to the Xbox, when um, Sega went bust, and it was part of their dealio with Microsoft, they got Jet Set Radio and uh, Shenmue and hmm. Crazy Taxi. Interesting. Well, I will say, as much as I would love a crazy taxi port unless they're gonna spend the money to get the licenses for all the music don't even fucking bother well no offspring again yeah if, if you re-release that game without the offspring again it's like don't don't even bother it's literally not worth it like that's that's such a huge <laughs> part of that it's like it's like the same reason i don't want them to re-release the tony hawk games i love the tony hawk games but if you're not going to spend the money and get the license don't like literally don't even bother the weirdest ones are when they do like uh, games and they don't have the original voices and they get them redubbed. Those are the ones I always find the strangest. 
I don't, and I, I just don't like that. You know, it's like I like obviously the gameplay is intact, but like the music, the voice acting, like all that stuff is part of the game and of the presentation. And like, if you're not gonna get those things right, like just don't don't re-release it and call it the same game because it isn't. You know, it's it's a watered down version of of what the experience really was. But uh, the one thing I was thinking about was, th- I feel like the good workaround for that would be they could release the game with no music. And just be like, hey, we're really going to push that Spotify integration. Go find the Crazy Taxi playlist on Spotify. Oh, that would be pretty <laughs> cool, though. Oh, the other one I'd really like, Choo Choo Rocket. If either of you have played that. Uh, I played it like once or twice. No. Came out on the, I think it came out on the GBA as well at some point. Yeah, a friend of mine had a copy of it. I, I remember it like vaguely. It's sort of like Bomberman. Like you point arrows and... It- they move through the map puzzle. It's quite a cool little puzzle game. It would work well on the Switch with the touchscreen. Nice. Well, yeah, I think I think honestly for me when it comes to like which of these games I'd like to see, I was like Pixel where I never like I I had a friend that had a Dreamcast, so my experience with it was pretty limited. And the games that I really have nostalgia for are the Sonic Adventure games, and they're not very good. Um, oh no, don't say that. I would love another Sonic Adventure. Steve, you're telling me. Ocarina of Time is a bad game, but you think Sonic Adventure is good? I don't think it's good. It's okay. just a nostalgia thing. That's, but that's being important. able to take those little things on the VMU and take that to score, I was the coolest guy. Probably not, but in my head, I was the coolest guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I too had a copy of Sonic Adventure on the GameCube and like to put my little chow on my copy of Sonic Advance and feel like I was special. <laughs> Wasn't it basically just a Tamagotchi? Yeah, kind of? yeah, it was. But like yeah. the, being able to take the memory card from the Dreamcast, which had the screen in the VMU, and then like be able to play a game on that, and then bring that back, and they would like give you stuff in the game. It was awesome. Like like a Pokeball Plus. Then I wonder where they got bit. that idea. Um, but yeah, I think more importantly than it being like Tamagotchi, it was also the only part of either of those games that was remotely functional. <laughs> it's one of the only well-developed systems in the game. <laughs> they tried, all right. They tried. They, they. You know what? They certainly released a game. I'll give them that. They were running low on cash. <laughs> they had to get some out. You know the fact that they were running low on cash is is blatantly apparent from the <laughs> an- for how the the animation, the voice acting, and the like. Just terrible, terrible gameplay. Like, go go watch a Let's Play of that game and see how hard it is to have the camera follow you when it's locked to your character. Like, it's locked to Sonic, and it's still just like, uh, it's it's insane. It's, it's just those games are I, they they hold a special place in my heart. But going back and trying to play them as an adult was the worst thing I ever did to myself in terms of ruining something for me. <laughs> I'd love to see you play Sonic Shuffle because that is probably one of the worst Sonic games on the Dreamcast. I don't remember Mario Party with Sonic characters, but the mini games just are like non-existent. I've never heard of this. Are you kidding me? Okay, made by Hudson as well. Oh my! Same people that made Mario Party. Give me a port of Sonic Shuffle, please, (laughs) so that we can we can do a horrible let's play of that. I would love that. (laughs) Have you guys ever played Sonic the Fighters? No. That is the... I swear, I swear you guys are just making stuff up. No, that is real. <laughs> that is a real 3D Sonic fighting game, and it's abysmally terrible. And I'm pretty sure they put it on, like, a Sonic 
collection at one point, but m- the bowling alley in the town I grew up in had, or might still have, I haven't been there in forever, uh, they had a, a cabinet of it, and it's horrible, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a good 3D Sonic game. There isn't one, that's why. <laughs> no. Like, the only remotely redeemable 3D Sonic game is... Uh, the Generations one or whatever, where, like, half of it's 2D. Yeah, exactly. They need to do something like Super Mario Odyssey, where they just completely kind of overhaul it and make it into a, a slightly different game. Yeah. I, like, honestly, I would love... And I this is a horrible thing to say, because I don't want to see any company go under and people lose their jobs, but I would love for Sega to, like, have to be like, oh, we're on hard times, we got to sell Sonic to Nintendo, and have, like, EAD be like, all right, Let's strip this down to its core essentials and fix this. And add rabbits. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's any reason though that they couldn't just palm Sonic off to another development studio and get him to do a different kind of game like Mario Rabbids. Yeah, I, Sonic and Mario. I don't know. And Rabbids at the Olympics. At the Tokyo Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, moving along to some games that are not terrible out this week. Uh, on Friday, October twenty sixth, <laughs> we have My Hero One's Justice. Is this the is this the My Hero Academia fighting game? It is, yeah. Oh, nice. From Bandai Namco. Yeah, I saw this a little bit at um, New York Comic Con actually, and uh, it looks a lot like those old. Uh, did you guys ever play any of the Naruto like Ninja Storm fighting games? I didn't, but I know what they are. Yeah. yeah, they're like 3D, very chunky, you know, like very like kind of not super well balanced, but like very fun, you know? I just think compared to the uh, Dragon Ball Fighters that just came out, it just doesn't yeah. look as good as that to me. That just that game just looks so beautiful. It looks like you're playing an actual anime game. That's like a real fighting game, too. Like yeah. these games are very like... Are you a fan of My Hero Academia, and do you want to, like, bop your friends with, like, terribly unbalanced moves? It's, it's probably what this game is going to offer you. Which, I love My Hero Academia, so maybe maybe that would be fun for me. I've... The only thing I really know about this game is it's got a special edition that includes a mug. Oh, yeah, the Easter <laughs> mug. Yeah, I remember you posted wow. The Easter mug. It looks like an Easter egg pack, but it's a game. You know, I gotta say, I'm I'm more interested in the mug than I am in the software. <laughs> I could go for a nice My Hero Academia mug. I think it's literally just the logo, right? On a black mug or something. It wasn't anything special. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, and then on Thursday, we've got uh, Lego Harry Potter Collection, which uh, we you know we posted a, an article about some time ago. So if you've been looking forward to that, it's uh, finally out this week. I think I'm actually going to pick this up. Uh, my girlfriend's a big Harry Potter fan, and I'm, I'm really into the Lego games. Like they're, it's it's really good. I played it on PC. Yeah? awesome. It is worth playing. It's yeah. what the first four years in one game, I think. Uh, years one to four in one of them, and four five to eight in the other or something. I can't remember. Does the box still say on one disc? I don't know. Actually, oh that was funny though. Wasn't I it? hope it does. That would be incredible. That'll, be, that'll become like a collector's edition when they realize and reprint the thing. If it right. Does. Yeah, yeah. Then you have a, a, a Lego Harry Potter box that's worth like $7,000 <laughs> or whatever. 
Maybe get a cartridge of a little tiny mini disc spinning on the top of it, you know, one disc. <laughs> wow, that would be next level. <laughs> what, on the UMD for the uh, PSP? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little, they could do it as a little tiny mini hard drive, you know, <laughs> a little tiny disc spinning around inside Those it. Those were so adorable. <laughs> uh, so then we've also got Save Me Mr. Taco? Taco? Yeah, Miss. I think I don't know how you pronounce it, but it looks really, it looks really quite cool. It's uh, it's inspired by like old Game Boy games and has that like general aesthetic and sound and things like that. It's like a cool little platformer. Sign me I wrote up. an article about it on the uh, on Lootpots dot com, um, so you can go read more about it there. Cool. I'll definitely be picking this one up. It looks really good. Uh, you got me a Game Boy style platformer, so <laughs> I'll have to check this one out too. <laughs> you play as an octopus. Okay, what? Uh, is anything? Uh, any other boxes you want to check for me, guys? What else we got? <laughs> I also want to say, I follow the um, developer on Twitter, and he has the most amazing custom Joy-Cons. They look like the old Game Boy uh, color, like, not Game Boy color, the old, like, gray Game Boy with the purple buttons. It looks really, oh, really cool. That's I'd awesome. absolutely love to get a set of those. I need to find out where he, where he got them from. Um, and then uh, we have also got Yomawari, the Long Night Collection. This is another one I'm not familiar with. What is Yomawari? Pixel's meant to be saying, I'm reviewing this game and it's great, aren't you, Pixel? Well. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm reviewing this game and it's great. It contains uh, two games in one game. (laughs) And you can play it on Switch. There you go. Perfect. Everything you need to know. (laughs) So we're going to have a review for this one out on loopots.com. So make sure you check it out and hear... Pixel's full thoughts about these two games that are definitely available to play. Uh, so then on Wednesday, October 31st... What's so funny, Steve? What's so funny? Oh, you've triggered me laughing now. Jeez. On Wednesday, October 31st, Halloween, we've got Deathmark coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's like a, um, a horror visual novel. It looks quite cool. Uh, so it's just out in time for Halloween. So if you're looking for a scare on Halloween, then yeah, pick up Deathmark. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, jeez, we've ruined this one already. <laughs> Ru- ruined or made it even better. Alright, so to close out today's show, we're going to be talking about the potential leak of the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, roster, which has been making the rounds on Reddit this week. So, uh, as of right now, uh, we've got a, you know, we'll have a link down to the screenshot down below that you can check out for yourself, but the, you know, the, the big takeaways from this announcement, before we get into all the nitty gritty, are that uh, Shadow from the Sonic series, Banjo-Kazooie, Ken from Street Fighter, Isaac from Golden Sun, Mock Rider from Mock Rider on the NES, Gino from Super Mario RPG, and Chorus Kids from Rhythm Heaven are all apparently, ale- allegedly, let's say, uh, going to be the characters that finish out the Smash Brothers roster. Yes, yeah, so this this came from someone who posted a picture on 4chan, and someone apparently sent them a Snapchat of some banner or some kind of promo material. Yeah, I think supposedly... I think it was a screenshot from a French designer's Snapchat. Mm-hmm. So and then supposedly that he or he or she is one of the designers who was doing this banner 
posted a picture to their friend on Snapchat, came on, it showed up on 4chan. And that's that's where this stems from. It's like that's that same kind of roster design, but it's got these additional characters in. And, I mean, regardless of its uh, legitimacy, I think it, it's pretty convincing. You know, it's 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 a very blurry image. It's It's pulled out, but the characters that they're outlining for you, you know, certainly look like they fit like they're in the style. So, I'm I'm not I'm not confident enough to say that this is real, but if it isn't, it's a pretty convincing fake. Yeah, looking at it, it's interesting because the photos that people have stitched together, he's also got the entire background artwork for these smash characters without any characters on it, which is would be pretty hard to stitch together yourself without those assets. And I know you can't get the blank background from Nintendo's press site either, so it must somehow have come from the print design place, whether or not it's real or it's someone just playing a massive troll on everyone. I'm unsure. What do you guys think? Well, the consensus seems to be that it's either uh, the designer who decided to leak it and it's legit, or it's the designer who decided to screw around with everyone and put these additional characters and then leak it as a fake, right? Well, I don't think it was really supposed to be leaked properly. It sounds like the designer, he covered up his name on the photos and stuff, just sent it in Snapchat to one person, kind of maybe as a, oh, this is what I'm working on kind of thing. And I think it might have kind of spread out from there to the internet. Yeah, so there, there's a little um, there's a little bit here from the, uh, the Reddit post that we're kind of pulling all this from that I wanted to just read uh, for you guys. Uh, so this... <laughs> I wasn't actually going to read this person's name on the show, but Reddit user Smash My Ass uh, made a comment on the thread that explains some of the context. And if if what he's saying is true, uh, it seems to kind of contextualize these images. So he says, "Actually read the whole thread. Actually read the whole thread. This shit may be fucking legit." Mr. Eric B is the graphic designer that cites Bandai Namco on his now private LinkedIn, who failed to blur his name in the pic of the video he took at an actual graphic printing site. The Grinch means it's mixed in with other Christmas shit. The Instagram text reads, fuck Nintendo, LOL. Big nib, okay. And no clean source of an empty everyone is here battlefield exists, which is the thing that Pixel pointed out. So... Yeah, and just just to kind of, on the Grinch comment in the background, underneath the paper of some of the artwork he's doing is Christmas promotional art for the Grinch. And that's that's what yeah, the Grinch and the, uh, is. Yeah, the, um, the new adaption of the Grinch. The, like, you know, DreamWorks CGI version. Which uh, was funny, because I, I saw a lot of people making jokes on the internet yesterday. Oh, Grinch confirmed! Oh, Grinch, you know! <laughs> so, <laughs> Grinch for Smash. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it, it, it definitely... It definitely seems like they're may be some you know fire to this smoke you know so i don't know like what, what are you guys thinking about this as of right now are, are you thinking this is legit it's a 50 50 split for me you know it could well just be someone completely trolling people that had access to the assets and thought i know it'd be really funny if i just put a fake leak out there and everyone has stopped looking for the real leak um if there's a real leak out there or people kind of just assume that's right, and then they'll be surprised when Nintendo finally announced the last few characters. I mean, why would why would they add these characters if it wasn't true? I mean, they're not they're not exactly obvious choices. You know, yep. the, some chorus kids from Rhythm Heaven, Mac Ryder from an NES game, 
it like that they don't seem like obvious choices to me i i think some of them are that way but i honestly i think that's the thing like if if this is a fake right uh it's first of all it's one of the most convincing fakes that i've ever seen but chorus kids has been rumored for a long time so people seeing that they'd be like oh see that was a rumor so it must be true same thing with Isaac, where, like, yeah, he's not a popular character, but the rumor that he's going to be in it has been circling for a long time. Um, Same with Ken. He was he was rumored. And, of course, that makes sense, right? Like, Rio's already in the game. And I think Pixel pointed out, it was either off mic or it was earlier this episode, that both Chorus Kids and uh, Mock Rider have had their trademarks renewed recently. So it was Golden Sun and Rhythm Heaven. They've both had their trademarks. But, yeah, where yeah. Chorus Kids come from is Rhythm Heaven. So... Both of those games getting those renewed seems to point that maybe that's legitimate. The idea of Mock Rider being included makes sense because every game they release some weird old character that you're like, them? Like, they're putting the Duck Hunt dog in? They're putting in Mr. Game & Watch? What? Like, that's another character that fits that mold. Shadow's another one who's been rumored for a long time. And uh, Banjo-Kazooie's another one that's been rumored for a long time. And then Gino is one of the most requested characters since Melee. Okay. I think most in, the most interesting character is Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm. Like, how how have they pulled that one off? Well, Mike, they seem to be in bed with Microsoft. Yeah, with the they're so buddy advert. buddy. Mm-hmm. And they got they got some of the old rare games for the SNES Classic anyway, so it might have been part of that exchange and that deal. And they said they were going to formalize their relationship, and they did that Xbox and Nintendo crossover ad together of the two consoles playing together. And Phil Spencer has said on Twitter every every time that the Smash Bros. roster comes up and people are like, we want Banjo, he'd be like, hey, I'd be fine with that. You know, and it's, I, 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 again, these are all circumstantial things, but it's one of those things where I think if you look at all of it hard enough and you squint a little bit, you're like, well, they make sense. I don't think any of these, any of these characters are outside the realm of possibility. And, like, I think uh, one of the things that I saw somebody point out in this Reddit thing was that, like, um, you know, people are saying, oh, like, all right, so here's, he says, edit four. For all those saying that this looks too convenient as these characters were highly requested, I would like you to meet Ridley, King K. Rule, and possible Simon. Truth be told, I have no idea if Simon was a highly requested character. He was, not as much as King K. Rule and Ridley, but the fact that we could get a Geno or, or a Banjo or these other characters that we know are some of the most requested characters, that seems kind of likely given the context of Ultimate and what it seems like Sakurai is trying to do here, which is deliver his fucking magnum opus so we all leave him alone. Yeah, we're not going to stop until we get School Kid, though. That's not in the league, so... <laughs> no, no rest for Waluigi! him. Waluigi! <laughs> <laughs> So pre- presuming this is true, are we going to get a direct in the next few few weeks or towards the end of November that's going to announce this? It's, it feels like lately it's been a slow news cycle and something's incoming. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. Um, again, there's a whole mystery mode on the Smash menu that we revealed over time. It said Spirits mode, whether that's its real name or not. That hasn't been announced yet. So that, along with the final characters, that would make for a final Smash Direct, possibly. And I think that makes sense. I know historically we usually get another Direct before, like, the holiday season, you know? So I don't know if we're going to get a Smash-specific Direct, but... Yeah, we've already pretty much had two of those. E3 was pretty much just Smash. We've had another Smash one since then, whether we'll have 
yet another one. Or if it'll just be at the end of closing out uh, the direct, like they closed out the last one with the reveal of Isabel. Yeah, I think I think it would be like a, a one more thing like that, you know, or or maybe it's a significant segment of a direct. But I think if we do get another direct, it's it's not going to just be about Smash. One of the ideas I threw out on Twitter was we could have a Halloween direct. I thought that would work quite well. It's not something Nintendo have historically done. But there's a lot of games coming up that kind of fit the bill and it would kind of land it just in time to kind of promote lots of upcoming games like Smash Bros, uh, a bit more information about Luigi's Mansion 3. You know, you've got the Harry Potter Lego games coming out. They're kind of magical themed. There's there's lots of little games coming out that could kind of be mashed together into a Nintendo Direct for Halloween. And although it's not something that usually happens i think it'd be a really good choice for them to kind of promote everything around that time yeah i think i think for me the big question is if there is another direct like what is the what is the big announcement you know because there's there's usually an anchor point around which they build a direct i think it will be the spirits mode in smash i think that's going to be a really a really big one player kind of campaign probably based around characters being killed and you retrieving their souls or something like that. And I think that's going to be their heavy hitter in the direct. And I think that's probably going to be their last big push at trying to sell Smash Bros. Ultimate. Do you think they're going to reveal the rest of the roster by then? Or do you think that we're going to go into the game with questions? I reckon we'll get people like Banjo-Kazooie kind of announced. But I reckon like characters like Shadow might just be left as a kind of secret character for players to discover. Yeah. Uh, because he's so common and nobody's going to make a big fuss about Shadow being in it, whereas Banjo-Kazooie, that's kind of a good marketing push as well. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Banjo in particular is one of those things where that would be a pop, you know? Like, if, if you put that reveal in a direct, like, remember how crazy people went when they put Isabel as a reveal in the direct? Like, imagine Banjo. Yeah. Well, well thinking we're going to get another Banjo-Kazooie game like they did with... Uh... With Isabel, my heart almost sank when that happened. <laughs> Give me Banjo Three, you monsters! <laughs> Didn't they? Um, I read this online a while ago that they did tease another Banjo Kazooie game at the end of one of the recent ones, I guess, or one of the remasters. Um, I can't quite remember the details. That would be a Microsoft thing, though, surely. Yeah, but they could always port it to Switch if Banjo's being brought into Smash. They might get a Switch port. I can't. I I cannot see that Microsoft will let them do another game, not a Microsoft Studio game. I don't. I don't. I don't think we'll see. Like, if they were to make a new Banjo game, I think they would want it to be an Xbox exclusive. But I think Pixel's point about getting like a port or something, like a, or a remaster, that doesn't seem crazy. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the rare collection on Xbox. It's already an exclusive there. I can't see that they would give that up. That's, that was like such a big. That's like such a big pull for them. It's like, yeah, we've got we've got rare, and when they, you know, they they were running out of exclusives, and they've had to run around and buy up a load of studios to give up another exclusive would be a, probably a poor move on their part. I I would generally agree with you, but I feel like Microsoft has really and this is a Nintendo podcast. I promise, uh, moved away from that as a strategy though, because you know if you look at when the rare replay came out it was an xbox one exclusive it's one of the only games that is an xbox one exclusive everything since then has been available on pc and i think you know microsoft and especially you look at like the way that they bought mo yang and how they've treated minecraft like 
I think they they it feels to me like their focus is more on selling software than hardware. Like they want to sell you the hardware box, but if you're if they can't, they're happy to sell you a game. I don't I don't agree that a Microsoft Studio game will come out on another platform. I think I think Mojang is is different. They used that to force crossplay across all the platforms and they they've succeeded. Well, and it's also because you'd be leaving money on the table. You can't just be like, "Oh, my, Minecraft's only on PC and Xbox now." It's not going to work that way, you know. Um, but I, I, my point being is that I don't, I don't think a new banjo game would come out on Switch. But I think a, a port or a remaster collection or something like that. Well, or or it could be that is is going on the N sixty four classic. That's possible. That's also possible. Uh, and I think I think likely, you know. Uh, again, you you pointed out before. Nintendo has made a deal with Microsoft in the past for rare games to be involved in the classics and stuff like that. And you I mean, know, if you're doing an N64 cl- classic, you've got to have GoldenEye on there. You, you've just got to. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know about GoldenEye because I think the rights situation there's a little complicated. But I think if we didn't see Banjo, that would be shocking. That's like one of the definitive N64 games, and I think oh, at the end of the day, like you're right that that software is right now available on microsoft's consoles and it's like exclusive but like it's also old news you know i think like putting it out on switch would mean probably a really significant bump in sales for that piece of software and why not make that that partnership for an old game you know that you're just leveraging at this point so do you think uh, with the new characters they'll they'll update the box art on the console bundle for the switch or if they'll just kind of stick with what they've got, whether that's gone to print yet or not. Well, which one was it that had the missing space that everyone was like, oh, there's a missing space, there's got to be at least one more character? Was that the... I think it was the the special edition. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that might have been like the special edition game bundle. Okay. But... You're on about the actual, like, banner roster picture that's on the front of the box. Yeah, because with the leak, we've got, you know, Banjo in there and all the other characters in there. Are they going to update the final front image of the box with banjo in it and all the other characters yeah my my thought was i wonder if the stuff we've seen isn't just promotional you know and that like they've been oh here's what it is so that you know what the style is but like the actual one they sent to print is the finalized version yeah all on one disc yeah knock on wood (laughs) (laughs) are you guys picking up the smash bundle or no the which what's the the bundle with the pro controller or the bundle with the console there's a bundle with the Pro Controller, is there? I think so, wasn't there? I think there oh. is, yeah. Yeah. I might get the Pro Controller if it's fixed the D-pad. Because yeah. you know me and my D-pads. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't use a D-pad, man. Is there a... Didn't you... I think, Stephen, you mentioned that you're probably going to get a Pokemon bundle for your boyfriend? Mm, yes, I'm thinking about it. It was meant to be a Christmas present, so hopefully he doesn't listen. But um, <laughs> okay. we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut this bit out then. No, you might get it, Chris, but you won't listen. It's fine. Um, yeah, I think so. He's he's really excited for Pokemon. I've had it on pre-order for ages. It's uh, coming in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, if he could get his own Switch so I could play Diablo while he's playing that, that'd be great. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be eating into my Diablo time. Yeah, what about you, what about you, Pete? Do you think you'll pick up any bundles or anything like that? Uh, definitely not the Smash bundle. I, you know, I'm super motivated to get Smash, but that's a game that I don't want a physical copy of. Uh, I want it on digital because, similar to Super Mario Party, that's a game that, like, you know, I think like it's a multiplayer game, obviously, and it's one of those evergreen titles that you kind of always want your hands on. 
So I want to be able to just jump in, jump out of the digital copy rather than having to like, carry around the cart with me everywhere I go. Uh, what about like um, the GameCube adapters? Are you precious about like wanting your specific GameCube Smash Brothers Melee experience? Well, that's the thing is I don't really need it. Like I have the Wii U adapter, which still works for a Switch, and I have GameCube controllers. I'm going to buy two new GameCube controllers because I only have two ones that are still in like good working condition. Um, yeah. So I plan I, on replacing those, but it's just like I don't need a steelbook case. Like I think those are the dumbest thing ever. Like I've never understood the appeal of those. And uh, the other bundled in stuff is some of it's cool, but none of it is attractive enough for me to want to shell out for for the special edition. You mean you don't want a striped Joy-Con? That's a major selling point. You can have a Joy-Con with a stripe for it. Yeah, it's like, do you want the same exact launch Joy-Con just with a white piece of paint on it? Yeah, awesome. Sold. No, thanks. The only Joy-Con that I would really, really love, and I know they'll never, ever do separate, is have you seen the Labo Joy-Cons? The, like, prize Nintendo Switch. Yeah, they're really nice, aren't they? They are so cool. And um, if they ever did, like, a Labo bundle that came with that, I would probably that would probably be the one Switch bundle that would push me to get it if that was the only way you could get those Joy Cons. I, I bet I know another Joy, uh, another Switch console bundle that would push you. What do you reckon? Animal Crossing. It depends what they did. Like I do not like those um, decals on the dock. You don't like? Yeah. It? No. And I... speaking of which, did you know they're selling those docks separately in Japan? Huh. I did not. So if you are interested in like the Pokemon dock, you can buy it for like seventy dollars from Japan, along with the Joy Cons. So you don't actually have to go out and buy the bundle. The only thing you obviously won't get with the Pokemon one, or if you bought like the Diablo one, you won't get the decal on the back of the Switch. But you can get everything else pretty much. I think I think those kind of back plates will become readily available on AliExpress within the next few months. Anyway, same as it did mm-hmm. with every single Nintendo console prior to this one. <laughs> What about you, Pixel Par? I think probably Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, if they did a Pikmin or Zelda bundle with some cool-ass designs on it, then I'd probably end up buying another Switch. Would you really? Be... That would be enough to get you to shell out another 300 quid for a Switch? Yeah, it would. I'd buy another Switch, and I'd probably eBay my old one after I transferred everything over. Um, I don't think any other games could kind of push me that way. Smash Bros. certainly doesn't. Diablo doesn't. Mario wouldn't, but if it was Pikmin or Zelda, and it wasn't a horrible gold Zelda Joy-Con or something, then I'd probably get another Switch. Yeah, I think I think the thing for me is the only way that I'm going to end up buying another Switch bundle is going to be the... Because the only custom console like that I've ever p- purchased was I bought the uh, Spider-Man PS4 Pro that they put out. Um, and that was because I had bought a 4K TV... You know, and was like, oh, maybe I'll get a PS4 Pro if I ever see one on sale. And then they revealed that. And I'm I'm a huge diehard Spider-Man fan and have been since, like, you know, I was a child. Uh, so it was like, all right, you know, this one, I have skin in this game. I'll, I'll go for the upgrade because I want the upgrade anyway. So, like, for me, if they announce that Switch 2.0 that we talked about and it's actually got, like, better processing power or, you know, more memory or, or anything that is a, enough of a quality life thing that I actually want it. And then like a, like a like, Spider-Man oh, logo on it. 
yes! <laughs> but, or, you know, Pokemon, like, if there was a great Pokemon bundle or a great Mario bundle or whatever, and I already wanted the upgrade, I'd be much more likely to do it. Especially because, much like Steven, I'm kind of, like, waiting in the wings for the opportunity to buy one for my girlfriend. So it's like, that's the perfect excuse, too. I could buy a new one and then just give her my hand-me-down. I made the mistake of buying two at launch, so I kind of have to sell my old one to get a new one, Mm -hmm. otherwise I'd be heavily criticized, I think. Or you could could make a video for us where you take it apart. (laughs) (laughs) The, the the only probably special edition consoles I've been tempted by are the 2DS XLs that they've done. They've done some really nice looking ones, like the Pikachu one, the Pokeball one. That orange and, one that they have is so nice. That like orange and cream colored one. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's just I a standard one though. Like, have you seen like the Minecraft Creeper one with like yeah. the 3D Creeper face? They they are doing some some cool stuff with those. But I can't go over the fact that when it's open, the face is upside down. So I never, I never bothered to do it. Uh, <laughs> did you ever, uh, did you ever see those Animal Crossing 2DSs that they put out in Europe? Mm, those, were- I, no, I really liked the, um, the 3DS one that looked like a pop tart. Yes, Just for Happy Home Design, it was uh-huh. so nice. Yeah. Yes, that's that's definitely like I often really like the uh, the designs of the Animal Crossing specific stuff. So all they got to do is time it right for me. You know, like, release a better version of the Switch that I actually want and then give me an oh. Animal Crossing bundle or Pokemon and uh, and we're we're in business. You know what? Now, now you've said that, I think Pixel's probably right. If they did, like, an Animal Crossing that looked like that Pop-Tart thing on the dock, it would look so cool. And if they did that on the Joy-Cons as well, I would, and even on the back of the console, I'd be all over that. It's, it's a shame they didn't do the same thing they did with the new 3DS where you could change the cover plates over. That would have been a really nice touch for the dock, for instance, yeah. where you could switch the front plate. They just want you to buy another dock for seventy nine ninety nine every time. Docks are really hard to find in the UK, though. They're really not readily available anyway. Can you not even get them on Nintendo.co.uk? They're all sold out. They've been sold out for probably about a year to a year and a half now. Well, uh, I could probably get one for you in the States and mail it to you. It's the USB-C. That's region-free, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... Everything's region-free, yeah. What's the joke, you guys? <laughs> but you say that, but that's the, that was the problem with the 3DS, was like, if you wanted that cool Animal Crossing one, you had to get it from Japan, and then none of your games would play because it was completely region-locked. region-locked yeah. That was always a massive shame for me. I think I'm going to get the uh, Pokemon Joy-Cons from PlayAsia, because I do really like those. The brown and the... Uh, the yellow one. Surprised you like the brown one, to be honest. Really? You just don't like brown, so you know. Is it not too I like, brown? I, I like brown electronics. Just not brown games, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it just looks so cool with like the cream slider that it goes on. It, it just like it just is really cool. I know that you'd have to explain. Yeah, but it's not just brown, it's like Eevee brown. And everyone would be like, you're just you know I don't see it, but whatever. Would you have two Eevee brown ones if they did them in both sides of the Joy-Cons? I don't know. I've never had a matching set ever on my um, Switch. It, so. it really bothers me that Nintendo has like set this precedent of releasing sets that don't match. It really fucking bothers me. What really bothers me is I can't even get a matching set of Splatoon ones in this, in this country. 
because there's no there's no physical way I'd have to import them from the USA if I wanted the opposite colors. Yeah, so the thing is, which colors do you want? Do you want the pink ones or the green ones? Uh, I I want both, but like I've I think my pink ones on the right, and well, I need a pink one on the left. That was what I was gonna say. Is what we could do is I'll buy an American one and you buy a UK <laughs> one, and then we just trade one of them and we both get one complete set. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the only way. You could buy shells off Amazon or AliExpress. They're only like a tenner. I don't trust myself. I really like the. I really like the white. There's like a white set with uh with a D pad that's built in. Yeah. And I just do not trust myself enough to open them up. I don't like breaking it. I'd have so to send it easy. to you because you're like an expert taking things apart. So. Yeah, that's my favorite. Like I remember you mentioned something like that a couple uh like on a recent episode. It might have been two ago where you were like, "Oh, have you guys ever like taken taken the controller apart?" It's like. No, what do you, I'm, I'm not a crazy person like you. I don't just take my electronics apart. I can't do that. <laughs> well, that was a Wii U gamepad, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. You were like, there's so much empty space inside it. And I was just like, I can tell that by feeling that it's hollow. I don't need to crack it open. <laughs> do you just sit there like at night and just go, hmm, I wonder what's inside of there. And like just go at it with a screwdriver. No, so with the Wii U gamepads... There was a fault on them where they disconnect randomly and then you'd never be able to use it again. And people were ditching them on eBay, like loads and loads and loads of them because they were faulty. So I picked up a few and replaced the Wi-Fi chip in them. And that, that's why I took, took it apart. All it was is one chip that you needed to replace inside the gamepad and hey, presto, fixed. So that's the only reason I took them apart. And why did you, why did you take like other things apart? Like... Pro controllers. I'm sure you've taken your Joy-Cons <laughs> apart. Because I like to know what's inside. <laughs> Spoken like a true mad scientist. It's a strange. It's an old reference, but you like Siler from Heroes. No, it's no one's gonna understand it. But yeah, that went right over my head. I'm sorry. I don't know. It was a TV that. show from I, years ago. I he remember. was a watchmaker, and he like you know used to cut people's heads open to see what was inside of them. That got dark. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) What kind of stuff do you watch, Steve? What are you implying about Pixel? (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't mean to insinuate you were a a murderer. Let's see how many ice cubes are in Steve's head today. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just chuck me, turn me upside down. You'll be able to feel it with the HD rumble. That's really the question I want to find out, is i got to split open a Joy-Con to see how exactly are they keeping all these ice cubes so cold. Are there any little uh, little metal box inside it, you see? <laughs> little micro-coolers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for a dock on um, the Nintendo UK store. I cannot find one. They don't sell them anymore. No, if you go to any other retailer, they're all out of stock in the UK. It seems they've stopped producing them, so maybe there's a new mini-dock incoming next year but that's really ridiculous because like all of the third party docks just seem to fry a switch the c-force 003 doesn't i've had one for about a year and a half now and it works fine but you're using that as like a replacement for your main dock or you've got it on another tv so i use that one to hook my capture card up to my computer when i'm playing or streaming and the normal docks over it by the tv that's interesting. Yeah, um, we'll put a link for it in the uh, show notes because I think a lot of people will be interested in a mini dock. 
Yeah, so just to be aware, there are there is two versions for CF003, one designed for phones and one designed for Switch. If you buy the one that's designed for phones, it will fry your Switch. So be careful. Okay, right. Good <laughs> lord. Okay, we'll we'll put a disclaimer next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons I don't buy third party stuff. I'm always just nope, nope. Let's forget it. Does it have Nintendo's seal on the box? No. All right, I'm out. So that wraps up our conversation on Super Smash Brothers, I guess. <laughs> if you want to let us know what you guys think about the uh, the leak and uh, its um, legitimacy or what characters you're disappointed to see not on this list, remember you can hit us up at potscast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. You can follow at lupots on Twitter and keep in touch with all the stuff we've got going on at lupots.com. Where we're uh, you know, your number one source for news reviews and Nintendo rumors. So uh, please go give all those a follow, show your support, and uh, let us know what you're thinking of the show so far. And uh, write in, write in. I really want to get some reader mail on this show. I know you guys are out there listening. So well, we've you... had some. Well, yeah, we did have one. We did have one, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'd rather get like some questions. You know, like I appreciate feedback. Don't get me wrong. But let us give us some opinions, you know? I want to I wanna hear from some of you listeners at home. What, what are you guys thinking about, about these stories that we're discussing? Uh, or what are you playing this week? What are the games that we should be playing this week? Let us know. And, uh, you know, you can always hit us up in the comments down below if you're a YouTube listener. And remember to uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and click that notification bell so that you know when the next episode of the podcast goes live. So with that, it's going to wrap up Episode 5. We'll catch you all next week.